There's a new sparkling water beverage from the makers of Bubbly, Bubbly Burst. It's bursting with fruit flavor, no added sugar, and all smiles. Bubbly comes in a variety of six fun flavors that taste incredible. And with no added sugar and low calories, there's a lot to smile about. I don't know about you, Matt, but it's my perfect beverage for catching up on my favorite shows with. Yes, Lil Bowen. Bubbly Burst has antioxidant and immune support, keeping me feeling great all day long. You deserve that. Try new Bubbly Burst. Hacks is back for season three, and so is the official Hacks podcast. In each episode, Hacks creators Lucia and Yellow, Paul W. Downs, and Jen Statsky speak with cast and crew members to unpack the Emmy-winning comedy series. You'll hear Hannah Einbinder and Gene Smart speak to their on-screen dynamic, along with stories from the show's writer's room, on-set antics, and creating the world that Deborah and Ava inhabit. Watch Hacks, streaming exclusively on Max, and listen to the official Hacks podcast on Max or wherever you get your podcasts. Do you want to boost the economy like Taylor Swift? Do you want to run a business empire like Rihanna? Intuit is the financial platform that helps everyday people prosper. Intuit helps you take control of your finances through products like TurboTax, Credit Karma, QuickBooks, and MailChimp. Whether you're trying to manage your money or trying to run a business, Intuit gives you the confidence to take control of your finances so you can live your best life. Intuit has helped 100 million people live their best financial lives. Visit Intuit.com, I-N-T, uit.com to start living yours. Let's get into it. Hi, I'm Matt. And I'm Bowen. And we want to introduce you to the new cantina menu at Taco Bell. Ooh, it's an all new chicken menu with fresh new ingredients. Great as a lunchtime option. Taste for yourself. The slow roasted chicken, mm. pico de gallo, oh. purple cabbage, Yummy. and new avocado verde salsa sauce. Okay. With new menu options like cantina chicken tacos, burrito, and quesadilla, there's something for everyone. With this new cantina chicken menu, the possibilities are endless. Try the new cantina Tina chicken menu at Taco Bell. My grandma and your grandma were sitting by the fire. My grandma told your grandma, I'm gonna set your flag on fire. Talking about henna, henna, henna. Iko, Iko, Ande. Giacomo, Fino, Anane. Giacomo, Fino, Anane. Ding dong, Las Culturistas calling. Wow. We're back and yet another hiatus. Yet another hiatus. Um, <laughs> as is as is par for the course. Now we've we we have we've had a very long hiatus this time. This is our longest. We apologize. I think. This was a tough one. We both did stressful things. I moved and had count them three apartments fall through oh, over the last God, month man. and a half, baby. But we have figured it out. We are currently living in a space that is our own. Yes, and it feels good. Feels good. Matt's had a rougher month than I have for sure. I just, that's you know yeah i just put up a solo show which is like such a stupid frivolous thing but guys this no is it first... was not frivolous it was very good it was called findings, it was called findings. and it was, was nova it. yes matt was had a star turn as the villain um was that was a good. spoiler right there oh my never goes up again well now you know who knows um guys well, this is our first episode back <laughs> since um the world has fundamentally changed <laughs> since democracy has had its last nail in its coffin so i mean here we are we're just gonna keep talking about culture um bringing it to you every ball bring it to every ball have you found a way to see any light in the days um yeah uh this podcast called making oprah it's only three episodes long it's already technically finished Mm -hmm. but it's (laughs) it's it's about it's through wbez chicago it's about how oprah was like has evolved through the years it's excellent i highly recommend it to everybody that's been my only light what about you 
Well, you know what I realized would be the light, but it's been missing. And you know what ended just right in the wrong time because we need it most right now is Rue. Yeah, Can Paul's you imagine? Right. At least we would have that every week. Oh, absolutely. Like, but guys, what poor planning. What poor planning. But guys, we have two lights with us. Lights in the lights. dark. Lights in the darkness. <laughs> um, they are, um, oh my gosh, they're just such fantastic people. Yes. Um, they're the founders and editors of the uh, women's satirical news magazine, Reductress. Yes, Reductress is amazing. You may have listened to their podcast, Mouth Time. With Nicole Silverberg and Rachel Winitsky. Yes, yes. And also, you may know about the show Ha Ha Wow, hosted by Nicole Silverberg, our good friend, former yes, guest. Yes, also and under the Reductress umbrella. And also, you may you have may. read the book, girl. Oh, you may have read the book. You may have picked it up at your Barnes & Noble. You may have shopped for it online. It's called How, How to, to Win, Win at Feminism. Feminism. Guys, get it today. It's, so it's such a fantastic book. Guys, yeah. please welcome Sarah Be- Pappalardo and Beth Newell. Yay! Hi. 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 We are That's overjoyed. the best intro I've ever heard. <laughs> yeah, what's up? Thank you. We ever? got it all in, I, I think. I mean, it was yeah. little Nicole Silverberg heavy for my taste. <laughs> <laughs> too much. Yeah. Too much. Too much, Nicole. Get her no, out. No, we Just love wonder. her. <laughs> you guys, yeah. you two have been on, like, legit podcasts with this, like, with this, like, publicity tour for the book and for the for the show and the pod mostly the book mm-hmm. though right but like this yeah. is thank you so much for gracing us with your presence on this like very <laughs> lowly but soon to be seminal podcast i oh. mean like ju- let's just note that like the phrase legit podcast means nothing to our mothers <laughs> nothing to our mothers <laughs> honestly so the right. treatment you have given us so far has been above and beyond yeah wow. can most we stay of, here forever most yes. of our press tour yes yep. i mean there's water in front of them <laughs> there's water in front of you how was the press tour it's it's good. It's oh, busy. It's, it's busy as feeling. Yeah, it's, it, it's good. No, like yeah. the busy part has has subsided. But we were just bouncing around a couple cities and like you know talking to some youths. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. We like you know, processing our emotions around the election yeah. in real time. But, like we were processing them like at the youths. <laughs> processing yeah. at the youths and uh, youths and proselytizing the youths. Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Teaching them, indoctrinating them. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Giving our our liberal agenda. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. But then it's so confusing too because then you're there at these events and you're you're talking and that you're kind of up there with the mic and they listen to you and you're supposed to say like the thing that's supposed to feel good and we're all still processing it no one knows what to say or how to feel right now so that's got to be very weird I yeah. felt like such a freaking old woman. So we flew to LA the day after the election oh and it God. was just So we were like it was like as if someone broke up with you and then you were like in your pajamas and had to go to the airport to like mm-hmm. see your family or something oh, and yeah. you're just like I met Sarah at the airport and we were just like uh Yeah. <laughs> so we're like rough. all right, we're going to uh we're going to figure this out. And yeah. the next day we like go to a college and talk to some like adorable feminist group that had like just gotten back from a protest. Yeah. And we had like a PowerPoint presentation we just <laughs> didn't do it and we're like what i don't know i was just like well what do we do during the bush administration like Uh, we were good at this like we know how to do this we just have to do it again and these kids have like no idea how to do it yet but they're (laughs) in for a freaking ride i mean strap yourselves in world but like i think that the act of you being there and just like being sort of on display for these people is just a very good thing in and of itself I don't yeah, know. showing up is like better. Than Hopefully, not. if yeah. we didn't show up, like you know, chaos would ensue. But like, really though, like, I mean, for you, all of us. Yeah, yeah, you go on the website and you're like, thank fucking god. Like, yeah. I was on it today, and you guys are I, all the Lena Dunham stuff. <laughs> is so Nicole Silverberg. Yes, oh <laughs> Nicole. He's like, wait, wait, no, we have to do. And I'm like, yeah, Nicole <laughs> she's being very, smart she's and brilliant. It. How annoying. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I hate um, when she does that. She's. 
so great and truly like that Lena shit is insane <laughs> but yet again and actually I meant to talk to you guys about this one because like I worked with her on like this little digital yeah, short yeah. and she actually reminds me so much of like that friend you have that like sometimes says that thing and you roll your eyes and you're like oh my god like she knows better than that. I'm sorry. You apologize for her. But yet she's the most quoted person ever. Mm-hmm. And she still just keeps going. So it's like... She must know that. Do you think she knows? I don't think she knows. I don't think she's aware. Mm. Yeah. I We were talking about in the office today. And I think like there's a level of like... There's something a little bit off. Like I don't know if it's narcissism or whatever. But it's like... It's almost like the type of attitude someone needs to have to break through to her level of success as the woman she is. And so it's like, it's what fuels her, but it's also what makes you constantly be like, what are you doing? Yeah. Yeah. Like... (laughs) Oh yeah. my god! Not, <laughs> yeah, not to bring Nicole and back into this, <laughs> but Nicole, I think on her episode when she was on on this pod, we talked about the Amy we, Schumer we, interview. No, well, we talked about that, and we talked about yeah, that was after the Amy Schumer interview, yeah. and we were like, but people like no, but this was unrelated. This is um, we were talking about Lindsay Lohan and Britney Spears being good SNL hosts, and how that is not <laughs> unrelated to how troubled they are. Yeah, mm-hmm. like, so I think like when you <laughs> exist in a vacuum of your own ability and intelligence and talents, mm-hmm. like, of course I can host SNL with no live performance experience. Of course you want to hear me say this thing when, mm-hmm. I, when I'm asked this question. It's gonna be thought-provoking. She literally broke onto the scene as the voice of her generation, oh, ironic oh, as that was. Yeah. You know, it's not. You know, mm-hmm. she think, does think that about herself and aspire for that. Yeah. yeah. So... Well, anyway, great Lena stuff. Great Lena content. Did y'all. you see the head, the one today? <laughs> it, was, it was. It's my choice to wait. What is it? No, it was. Uh, she used her connections and um, to get Ebola. <laughs> like <laughs> she used her connections um, to uh, contract Ebola. It it's, was great. It's just she's talking about abortions like it's like a fucking. <laughs> Summer house. It's like a lake I know, house. Like, yeah. I wish I had a lake house. Study abroad, someone said. Oh, I thought yeah, that yeah. was really study good. Abroad, like, yeah. Please don't talk about abortion like it was study abroad. Like, oh, I wish I had gone to Florence. <laughs> yeah. Oh, whatever. It's whatever. weird. I was saying it's so weird because I've seen her write essays about like women being abused and what their rights are within their marriages mm-hmm. and like rape and have like, you know, bearing a rapist child and how in certain states you ha- are legally obligated to like a, a allow visitation rights for your rapist to your child or whatever. Mm-hmm. And so she sounds so intelligent in certain aspects. And then she says stuff like this and you're like, wait, have you read anything about abortion? Like, yeah. cause it's not. Yeah. I mean, yeah. hot take. I think, Ooh. so Ooh, I think hot. there are probably <laughs> a lot of white celebrity men, probably a lot of what men celebrities period that are just as idiotic as her but uh-huh. you know what they don't get asked these questions as much yeah. 100% i mean oh, to be fair though this was her podcast yeah <laughs> <laughs> it's like, it was a hot take i, I mean but it's hot. That's, <laughs> that's what kind of drives me crazy about the amy schumer interviews i'm like you guys had all the power to edit this and rethink it <laughs> and put Touché. it out there and Touché. make put present the most sparkling versions of yourselves and you still were like this is what we're doing there is like, so much power yeah. in those people that celebrities surround that celebrities surround themselves with to just tell them they're doing the right thing. Mm-hmm. Like I recently, I was doing research on John Travolta and Kelly Preston. I'm doing a show later, and I'm talking about Kelly Preston, <laughs> Brooklyn. <laughs> okay. So like, um, 
So I'm just like assessing. You just sounded like a Sex and the City character. <laughs> so I was, you know, with Kelly. No, listen, I was, Brooklyn. Uh, Brooklyn. So Brooklyn, right? Wow. It's alternative. We talk about celebrities that are on the B, C, D list. All sorts. So, um, no, anyway, but uh, I was reading about Battlefield Earth. You remember this movie with John Travolta, mm-hmm. which is like a sci-fi epic, and it was widely called one of the worst movies in the world? And they asked John Travolta about it in the aftermath. And he was like, you know, I actually don't read reviews. There's a team of people around me that's hired to not tell me this stuff. (laughs) So it's like, you have it right there. I mean, you said it. Like, you're not going to get any perspective other than your own. And you're mm-hmm. like, no, there well, probably wasn't anyone there mm. to tell them this shouldn't go into print. Yeah. yeah. I also think, like, a lot of celebrities are just, like, nerdy teens who now have power. So, like, when you get Amy Schumer and Lena Dunham in a room together, they're both like, I'm in a room with Amy Schumer. I'm mm-hmm. in a room with Lena Dunham. And so they're validating each other and they're like, I'm cool. Yeah. Um, you know what I mean? So they're like... Anything that she's laughing at must be great. Yeah. yeah. But imagine, like, nobody telling you no, even when you're, like, college-aged. Like, mm-hmm. you make tiny furniture, and people are like, uh-huh. Yes. And then you're like, fuck, I'm amazing. Like, yeah. you don't doubt your ability. Mm-hmm. And then you just say shit, and it's like, well. She also exists in that weird space between, like, authority, young person, who's, like, more of a writer and comedian. Mm. So I do think sometimes she thinks she's being funny in the midst of this, like, intelligent point or we're listening to hear one thing and then we hear, like, what she perceives as a joke coming out of her mouth. Yeah. And that gets construed. Like, she was... Even like in the minor dealings with her I had, I was I was picking up on like, oh yeah, you're a normal person who says these things, but like unfortunately, you're gonna be qu- quoted in print saying them, and like you yeah. can't. That my biggest complaint about her is that people treat her as though she's a comedian, and mm-hmm. she seems to also believe it, and she has no comedic experience. Right. Therefore, the jokes don't hold up under scrutiny. Oh so, but she like acts as though like, oh, that was just a joke, and you're like, no, it's not a joke. Mm-mm. Like, that's not how a joke works. Yeah, that's interesting. Even with the show, even with Girls, the show, I always have thought like, I think when that show is at its best, it's being its most real. Mm-hmm. And when it tried to be this kind of broader comedy, I was like, I don't buy this. I don't think you guys are very good at this. Yeah, there's a lot of shows like that. I would say the same thing about certain episodes of Orange is the New Black where Mm -hmm. I'm like, are you a drama or are you a comedy? And you seem to think you're good at both, but you're just sort of treading water. Like what... What's your goal here? Yeah. (laughs) Pick a hat. I think that show exists best in that that kind of area where it's like you're you're seeing the realities and like we're laughing because of the realities. But also like it's very hard to do that with that kind of show because at a certain point you've got to talk about, you know, the racial elements of all that. You've got – and there's nothing funny about it. Like apparently this last season was incredibly dark. I didn't watch it, but I thought the last season was a little better because it it felt like it got real. That's the the thing that drives me crazy about the show is like the tone Mm -hmm. like swings back and forth so drastically that you don't really know what to expect. And then when it when you're watching a show about a women's prison and it goes super light and fluffy, you're kind of like, (laughs) what are we? What exactly is this? Yeah, Yeah. like are we trying to say that it's fun to be in a women's prison Mm because it's not? But this season did get a little darker, and I thought that was like a good thing for the show. I I will definitely watch it. (laughs) I I honestly heard what it was about and I got so 
anxious. Mm. I, I just like, I get very anxious watching any television. Like yeah. my boyfriend had to watch Westworld before me <laughs> so that I could, so that we could sit together and he could tell me when something violent was going to happen. <laughs> because I genuinely, yeah. yeah. He's sort of like your John Travolta team. Yes. Yes. <laughs> he is. And honestly, I watched that show mostly from the next room, like peering over a... Famously, Matt, well, we've mentioned this before, Matt has not seen past the first 10 minutes of Stranger Things because he was too scared. Aww. No, I can't do it. Oh, and I want to so bad because Winona. <laughs> I want it. to so bad because you Winona. I don't think it's that it's scary. It's not that scary. It doesn't you know need what? to be. All, it, all, all there needs to be is like the anticipation. I, I just want to like give you a supercut of Winona Ryder. And I think yeah. that's all you need oh. is because like, I heard that she does some amazing, amazing. like borderline overacting, oh, and that's absolutely. what I'm there for. She's the perfect caricature of like the crazy mother from the '80s that's yeah. like yeah. suffering. She's so good. She, yeah, I, and now all of us, all the accolades are coming in right now too. Yeah. She got the Screen well, Actors Guild nomination in the Golden Globe stuff. Do you guys follow the, all that? Not too, too much. Yeah, yeah. I think it's a very gay thing. Yeah. Like, Some, you know. Sometimes I'm more invested than others. Yeah. Right now, it's like the. Trump stuff kind of trumps it, I guess. Right. I <laughs> We're just not into like celebrating the achievements of film over the last year when it's like <laughs> yeah. this. Right. I will say there is some really, really good stuff out there that is very thought-provoking right now. Have you guys seen Arrival? No, I haven't heard really You should things. see it. Yeah. It's great. It's really good. It's Because it, it, it's really a movie about communication. And like that's very interesting now. You saw it, right? I saw it, yeah. Did we see it together? No, I saw it by myself. I saw it with Henry. I saw it by myself, like, I think two days after the election. And it was yeah, like, and it was, it was, it's very, right, it feels very, like, prescient. Yeah. The Maybe. trailer is good. Yeah. Well, she's the trailer great. makes it seem very sci-fi. Like, you like yeah. you think it's going to get to that point where, like, she's on the ship fighting an alien, but it never gets there. It's actually a really, like, intimate, like, like, um, heady mm-hmm. kind of, like, drama with those elements in it. With I the, thought it was fantastic. And she's my favorite. That's she's great. great. Um, guys, let's talk. Yes, let's yes. talk to Beth and Sarah about culture that shaped you. When did you know culture, culture was, for, was you? for you? Did you grow up with so, culture wise? Let's start books, with Sarah. TV, We're movies. talking about like television. We're talking about books, movies. Like, what really like pushed you into being who you are and like your interests? Oh my god. Okay, so I was pretty anti anti culture until I was thirteen. Mm-hmm. I hated culture. Uh, why is that? Why was that? Oh, I don't know. I think I, I grew up in New Hampshire in a very just like a, a house with white walls and parents who were very practical. Ooh. Oh, I see. Um, and then uh, I discovered television, Ooh, which yes. was my first. So, oh, you know what? I should back up. Sorry. My mother tried to introduce me to culture by putting me in a jazz <laughs> choir when I was five. And I famously not for everyone. Hated. Uh. I hated it. I hated it. I was in the sunshine generation. And I cried. Um, our our director was Penny Marshall, which I'm like, I'm still Wait, is not a real, real name. Penny Mar- Are you no, kidding? her name was fucking Penny Marshall. <laughs> oh my but god! But like, I was bragging like, about no. Penny Marshall in <laughs> New Hampshire. Not like, actually Penny Marshall. Not like, unrealistic up, to think. That. I don't know why her name was Penny Marshall. Wait, like but, she renamed herself. Pen- Sorry, this is insane. <laughs> <laughs> Can I tell you though? My grandmother's name is Betty White. That's her. No, that's, no. Betty that's her like, birth. 
name. It's not. <laughs> she remarried. She married and then changed her last name, but yeah. her, she was born as Betty White. Wild. That's See, fine. Like, Penny think, Marshall. Though. I think like it was just the generation. She was like, born as Betty White. Penny, Penny Marshall is probably Penny Marshall's age now. Like, yeah. I don't know. So it was probably just some weird freak. Thing. But I hated it. I think my mom had a really like cursory understanding of musical theater and wanted like the idea of me doing it was cool to her. And I was mm-hmm. like, no. Yeah. Um, and then when I got into high school, I was like, wait, I wish I was doing this. Oh, <laughs> and but so like I just watched a lot of comedy on TV and I became like a, a dumb comedy nerd and was like obsessed with Strangers mm-hmm. with Candy and UCB mm-hmm. and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I like kind of like took the back door in a theater and I did like an intercity theater group. Um, instead of doing like the theater program at my school because then people would like know. So I'd like run out of field hockey practice and be like, sorry guys, I've got something to do. That would have been a good way around it. I too was like too scared to do theater in high school because of what it would mean. Yeah. And I didn't find any outlet for it, but that's cool. But Sarah sneaking out after field hockey practice to go to, to this, to, to rehearsals or, or what have you feels like a very like teen drama esque. Oh, I mean, totally. And then, yeah. like, all the yeah, romance ensued, it. and it was just like it's, it's a complete cliche. A complete cliche. Wait, real romance? Real romance. It. Yeah, it. it was great. It was great. Um, so, all the things happened, and it was like, it was great. The minute I got a car, I took an improv class, and then I sh- shuttled off to Chicago when uh. I was in college, and then I was just like, hmm, culture. This is beautiful. So, you, beautiful. You, you guys are Chicago. I moved to Babies. Chicago eventually. Uh-huh. I was I grew up in New Hampshire slash like Boston area. Yes, but I, I grew up in Massachusetts. Yeah. Massachusetts. Yeah. So we were like, yeah. but we weren't like far away from each other. Physically. Oh, okay, we physically right, but we didn't know each other. Yeah. Right. So then, okay, it did lots of improv in college. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. Because you guys met at the Magnet. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Into your yes. adulthood. Mm-hmm. Love it. Culture, yeah. culture through Beth. Into culture, so <laughs> I guess like my my access point at least comedy wise, I was always like an a visual art kind of nerd, mm. but I, them. I was like very into like Monet, <laughs> which sounds really dumb now no. looking back at it. But um, when my when I was little, my dad would tape the SNL episodes and then play them for us. So like at a very young age, I was like very into SNL, mm-hmm. and uh, I I don't know like age twelve or whatever, I got instant messenger on aol my aim screen name was snl viewer yeah. no numbers no numerals no, no, you, no numerals you able to snag <laughs> snl viewer i snagged it the original anyway uh that was me and then uh high school i was very into like watching you know comedy central and all that but i also was very very into bbc america oh. which we had for some reason um, and I watched a lot of like British comedies and like the the show called Coupling. That was like, oh, yeah, it was like yeah, a British yeah. friend. They tried to do that with them in America, right? Yeah, yeah. It was like a British friends, but like more, I think like sexually open in the way the British people are. Right. Yes. Um, and yeah, stuff like that. That's yes. something with British television I've always noticed. Like they had like queer as folk before we did. Yeah. And I was always like, what is this? <laughs> right. And I was super young when that came out. So I was always like, but that was kind of, I then realized as an adult, was kind of just like a sex show, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. But yeah. they, the, yeah, the British stuff always seemed like more advanced and smarter. Have yeah. you seen Fleabag on Amazon? No. It's like, so there's a storyline. I know this is kind of spoilers, but there's a storyline where this character <laughs> is like a straight guy, but he has a friendship with a gay guy. And then he sort of is like jealous of the gay guy's boyfriend and like is like messing with him. And then it slowly comes out that he's like, 
he actually is like into this guy and he's like bisexual or whatever you want to call it. But it's just like so, so much so smarter than yeah. our television yeah. <laughs> like to just like have that happen. It's like American television would never let a straight guy turn gay. <laughs> yeah, no. Like, Unless they saw it like happen like several times overseas. And it's like, maybe can we do it? Yeah. Like, or I guess they wouldn't, especially they wouldn't let him be like bisexual. You know what I mean? Like they would maybe be like, oh, he was gay all along. But like, it's, yeah. so, it's like, it's so smart to like actually portray bisexual people. Right. Well, American television, I think, especially in the stuff that they borrow from or they just kind of recreate here that's done it over the seas and like in England, it's they never nail the authenticity. Mm-hmm. Like I guess they've a lot of people like Shameless and I guess that feels authentic uh, and feels real. Yeah, but that was originally a British show? Yeah. Okay. Um but um you know, a lot of things I've seen that tried to like get remade over here, like just flop. Like for example, like Kath and Kim. <laughs> Kath and Kim. Kath and That's Kim. the second time right. someone's brought that Seriously? up. Really? I'm like, what the? Yeah, I haven't heard that in years. It's just, a, it's just an old enough reference. Yeah, to I haven't seen Kath and Kim. I saw the I saw the pilot. Molly, I've, God bless Molly Shannon and Selma Blair. Oh Keep yeah! Going. Oh my God, that was them. The two of them. Yeah, I was wondering. I was thinking. Could have been a great was. show. Anyway. Oh yeah, with them. Um, I was thinking like the X Factor when America tried to do the X Factor. And it was like so blown up, and it was like Simon Cowell's big break from American Idol. He was like, it felt so fake. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I was like a fan. This is horrible, but I was like a fan of the British X Factor because it felt like they were kind of real artists. It felt like <laughs> it felt like more fun and more authentic in a real way. And I also heard that like seventy percent of British television households watched the show. Like it was like a too. national thing. Oh, yeah, it's like the Great British Breaking Show. Like it's, it's just a national treasure. It's like a national phenomenon. Question though. Were they hotter or less hot than uh, the U.S.? The contestants yeah. or the judges? Both? Uh, I don't know. Because you know it's all about the judges on The X Factor. <laughs> okay. Like that oh, makes sure, careers sure. over there. Nicole Scherzinger will never come back to America <laughs> because she's a superstar, <laughs> professional British talent show judge. Yeah. <laughs> well, shit. Yeah. So she's never coming back. But you know what? The contestants on the American um, version were like, stereotypically hotter and like so much more cast yeah. whereas like the british version like launched the careers of like uh one direction yeah and like uh cher well, lloyd who was a thing for a little while and, and leona lewis became and, hot well like i don't know what happened i think they just see like some like <laughs> you know some what? like teen sevens and they're like yeah them but put them in a group about- gussy them up <laughs> We'll figure it out. One of them will pop. You know what I liked about American Idol, though, or like early seasons, were like the cast, like they, the contestants just looked like the little normies, like normal yeah. people. Yeah. Kelly Clarkson, mm-hmm. yeah. Kelly Clarkson, Perfect even Justin Guarini looked insane. Perfect normie. Mm-hmm. Perfect normie. Like like, I mean, yeah. like Kimberly Locke, for God's sake. Well, it's like mm. British baking show. If they did that in America, they would. <laughs> they, they are doing it in America. They, they couldn't find but, bakers but, that like, hot. But like the hosts, they would they would have recast the hosts immediately. They would have like nice. brought them in for auditions to like give them material about how the show should run and then they would have been like, fuck you guys. Uh, yeah. We're recasting you as like a hot little 21 year old. <sighs> um, you know, and like have her parrot their takes on baking. You know, it's right, just, right. Oh yeah. my God, that's horrible. I mean, aren't they doing that? Isn't there a great American baking show now? I don't know that. I've actually, I have Joel a blind t- spot here for the great British, British Bake Off. I don't know I, much that's, about that's it. a blind spot for me, too. Yeah. I should start watching. I'll, maybe I'll watch it over Christmas. Sudi loves it. It's Every really time. satisfying. I hate most competitive reality yeah. shows, I and I was like, like it, yeah, but it makes right. me too hungry. <laughs> yes, that's my, that's the trouble with food shows, mm. is that I get hungry. Mm-hmm. Ugh. 
What a, what a world. It's mm. Trump's America. I just started singing <laughs> the trouble with food shows because Kelly, Kelly's on the it brain all, now. It all goes back Which to she Kelly. never is far from my brain. <laughs> all goes back She's to never It's one. good to have like a spirit animal person. It's her. <laughs> and that got me in a lot of trouble when I was like in sixth grade and I was acting like her. Oh. And trying to also be like a little straight boy. Oh. <laughs> what do you, and like I would say you... the things that she said in school. You can't do. I mean, like I was saying like ducka ducka ducka. Like she was semi famous for saying like awkward things. She was like the girl next door from Texas, and I would literally. She inspired me to like be like her. She was truly my American Idol. When it comes to travel, we all have that happy place. Whether it's the beach, ski slopes, couples getaway, or even a visit to that best friend you haven't seen in way too long, Matt. And Priceline wants to get you there for a happy price so you never have to miss a trip. Now, we all know we love to vacation together. We have various happy places. We love to go to Orlando, Florida. We love to go to Las Vegas, Nevada. We love to go to a beach anywhere. We love to go to Europe. But when we have truly traveled the world globally and domestically. My happy place is with my sister and any of those locations he just listed. And now, thanks to Priceline's VIP family feature, you can go to your happy place more often while earning deals up to five times faster with a group. When one person from the squad travels, everyone gets more deals, and you can even choose your own crew. It doesn't have to be your actual family. It could be your neighbor, your roommate, your mailman, anyone. The more you travel, the more you save. For me, I'm choosing Matt Rogers. I'm choosing producer Becca. Yes. We're all going together, the Lost Cult family. So download the Priceline app today to save up to 60% off select hotels and go to your happy place with Priceline. There's a new sparkling water beverage from the makers of Bubbly, Bubbly Burst. Refreshing bubbles, colorful bottles, and playful smiles galore. Bubbly comes in a variety of six fun flavors that taste incredible, and with no added sugar and low calories, there's a lot to smile about. Each sip adds a burst of fun to your day. I don't know about you, Matt, but it's my perfect beverage for catching up on all my favorite shows with. Yes, baby girl. And the resealable bottles makes them easy to take them on the go. Bubbly Burst has antioxidant and immune support, too, keeping us feeling great all day long. Hey, try new Bubbly Burst. Well, spring is in full bloom. Are your finances blooming, too? With the Chime Secured Credit Builder Visa credit card, it's easy to start building credit with everyday purchases and regular on-time payments with no annual fees or interest. And if your credit scores grow... So could your opportunities for lower rates on loans, like for a car or a home. You know what I love about the Chime Credit Builder Visa credit card? What? There are no annual fees, interest, or credit checks to apply. Yes! You can use it everywhere Visa credit cards are accepted. Take back your finances. Build credit using your own money. Yeah. Did you know that with Chime Credit Builder that you can get paid up to two days early with direct deposit? I did. You can also overdraft up to $200 without fees with SpotMe when you set up a qualifying direct deposit. Just set up a qualifying direct deposit, sign up for SpotMe, and Chime will spot you up to your limit when you make a credit card purchase or cash withdrawal that exceeds your balance. With Chime's secure credit card, you can start improving your credit scores right away. Get started today at Chime.com forward slash culturistas that's chime.com forward slash culturistas chime feels like progress the chime credit builder visa credit card is issued by the Bancorp bank na or stride bank na members fdic spot me eligibility requirements and overdraft limits apply out of network atm withdrawal and otc advance fees may apply terms and conditions apply go to chime.com slash disclosures for details you know but one of the toughest things about decorating my apartment has been getting things framed finding a place that will custom frame all my beautiful art pieces that i have without breaking the bank has been close to impossible but then i found FrameBridge. 
I found FrameBridge too. FrameBridge makes it easy to get anything framed at an affordable price. Easily order online at framebridge.com or visit a FrameBridge retail store. Upload a digital photo for them to print and mail your item using their free, secure, prepaid packaging. Or visit one of their 20 plus retail stores. FrameBridge custom frames your piece in their studio using the highest quality materials and ships it to your door in days for free. I love going into the brick and mortar locations. I've got one here in Brooklyn and they're so sweet. They can give you inspiration for where you want to get framed. I went in and I was like, I'm going to get my Chromatica ball bracelet framed. And they helped me. Oh my God. I'm so excited. I have so many memories I need framed and put upon the wall. And uh, they have a curated selection of frame styles with design experts right on hand who make it fun to choose the perfect frame for you. See why FrameBridge has been trusted to frame over 2 million pieces. Visit FrameBridge.com or a local FrameBridge store to get started and custom frame just about anything. That's FrameBridge.com. This is what I did in school. Um, And I, oh my God, (laughs) this is a shameful admission. The Trump episode of SNL in 2004 or five. I brought the tape. I taped it. I brought it into school to show uh, my science teacher, who was a huge Apprentice. And we were everyone was watching The Apprentice. Oh, and loved Donald Trump. No, 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 no. <laughs> he that's loved not him. true. No, I loved Omarosa, <laughs> who is now in Trump's transition team and is a despicable human being. Um, but uh, Maya Rudolph did an update, like like sort of walk on character as Omarosa, and like. The shit falls on her head and it's so funny. <laughs> but I showed it to I showed it to my science teacher and I was like, "Man, The Apprentice is the best show, isn't it?" Mm. And then she and I are both like, "Yeah," and that's just a dark and indelible. And it's burned into you, your head. Yeah. Do you feel like as a nerdy kid, mm-hmm. I'm I'm uh, sort of like projecting? No, 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 do right it, do now. it. But like, do you feel like you had those moments where you like would bring something into school or like go above and beyond, and then later you'd be like, "Why, Why was I that? trying so hard?" Uh, yeah, like, just. Just yeah, do like, the regular that's work. So weird. Like, what, what was that? <laughs> is there one? That? Is there one that stands out yeah. for you? What's an example? Um, I'm trying to think. I know I definitely gave one of my teachers in high school like a magazine I was reading because it was like I was like, oh, you'll like this article, uh. you know, like just like stuff <laughs> where you're like, and it was like it was like my lesbian AP history teacher, yeah. and I was like, you're gonna like this. It's <laughs> it was like about um, it was about like how they marketed cigarettes to kids or something, <laughs> and she loved it. Yeah, but then you look back. And and you're like, what was I doing? Extra like, mile there, uh, and why? Yeah, because we're kids and we want to impress adults. And I love this. Figures do you have it. one of those? Oh, God, yeah. So, do you guys remember the two poets, Verlaine and Rimbaud? They had like a weird love affair, and one of them tried to shoot the other because oh like God, it was a really no, but heated I'm like. Gagged. Oh, I want to write weird. this. Yeah. So, <laughs> Story my us. friend, my friend Dustin and I like wrote <laughs> this whole song about the like romantic age of poetry and we made like a whole music video of these like two gay men like having a like tumultuous relationship and eventually killing each other and it was like really quirky but we like made a whole video back before there was like iMovie and then we're like, here, class, here it is. And everyone was like, that's not And an they're like, does not. Half watching. I mean, <laughs> like, honestly, I'm proud of it. Yeah. No should, shame. I was going to say but, that uh, does not sound mortifying I mean, all. I just think as an adult, you like, you can envision the other kids in that classroom. <laughs> yeah. And you're like, oh, they <laughs> hated me. Like, <laughs> yeah. Ready? Here's mine. Okay, I on. wrote w- my social studies teacher in seventh grade. We were studying... Um, American history and we were talking about the revolution and we were talking about um, the Boston Massacre and the trial that followed. So famously it was won by the defense. So um, 
uh, and I was John Adams, and I was the defense attorney, and we basically had to just recreate the trial. It was just like a, like a recreation of the trial that followed okay. the Boston Massacre to see who was at wrong. Historically, my character won, but I came in with a nine-page closing argument <laughs> that I did for the class, and I personally attacked people in the class for the way they had acted during the trial. <laughs> I was oh, like, Paul God. Revere came up here and couldn't even get through his testimony. And, and I, but it was like half historical grounds and I, historically we won. Yeah. But you were like subtweeting everyone in the room. Yeah. But seriously, and they, and it was so long and I lost. <laughs> wow. And they voted against me because I was, it was too good. Oh, and my social studies teacher came up to me because he could tell I was really upset. Oh, and he was like, I just want to let you know that was a really good piece of writing and I'd love a copy of it. And I like <laughs> love yeah. Paul Topogna oh, to this God. day he, because he like he did like, that for he me. He took that to the teacher's lounge and he they like, giggled over it. I believe. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh my God. That's, that's pretty special. Do you have one? Well, I mean, it was that. Everything. <laughs> it was exactly um, that. I think it was, oh no, oh, no, oh I got really, it was that, but then like, <laughs> as far as an academic thing goes, like, in our drama class, or no, it was just an English class, but we got the fuck into sonnets. I got the fuck oh, into sonnets. Oh, poetry I mean. was a whole thing. So I brought in like, <laughs> comical oh, sonnets God. about like, taking a shit, and like, <laughs> like, like farting in in oh, a piano lesson, like stupid, 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 stupid. Things. I still remember a line so I wrote in my one of my poems that we had to write in, in oh, eighth grade or ninth grade, and it was the poem was called Venom, and <laughs> the line was, "I hope that you choke on one of your lies and you know what it's like to suffocate." And I wrote that down oh and said it out loud to my class. And then my teacher, Mr. Miko, was like, wow. <laughs> Mr. Miko. Wow. There's nothing else to say. They're very passionate. Uh, that's that's what we're looking for. Uh, but I felt, and that was like at the time when I was listening to like a lot of like. Avril. Avril Lavigne <laughs> and like Kelly Clarkson. And so thereby, therefore by proxy, like checking out um, Alanis Morissette. Mm-hmm. That's a nice Because journey. that was their influence. Uh, yes, yes, yeah. yes. I, very good. I have a theory about this because I also got very into poetry when that mm. was like what was offered in seventh grade. And I think it's just so little of our curriculum was like creativity based. Yeah. And there were so few outlets to like actually do anything creative in school. Bingo. So when that came up and they were like, oh, now you guys get to write something. We were all the little like nerdy, sensitive kids were like, okay. Want to know what I think? <laughs> I have true. feelings yeah. over here. <laughs> a lot, a lot. <laughs> But um, also, they weren't your real feelings. No, you know what I mean? They no, were like no. just performative things that like you could maybe kind of hear in a pop song. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Ugh. Oh my god. Can we talk about Bryn? Okay. Oh, wait. Thank God. Because <laughs> I wanted to ask you this question because this is a unique position that you're in. Listeners, because now you. Yeah. First of all, let's let's say there is stars, Two stars on, on the horizon. <laughs> Bryn and Maven. Beth and Peter McNerney's kids, you must follow them you on Instagram because must. they're unbelievable. I think Bryn is actually a comedic Bryn genius. Bryn is a st- mm-hmm. already a star. And now I feel like you <laughs> are in an amazing position because we ask our guests usually what culture shaped you, but yes. now you get to kind of steer these kids oh, okay. into what kind of culture they're getting, uh, they're, they're seeing. And I know 
Some some stuff, but what is what are Bryn and Maven like? What are they watching? What, what are they, they absorbing? What are they discussing? Okay, <laughs> well, it changes week to week. I yes. think you probably saw on Instagram this week. It was Secret Life of Pets, no, Home Alone. Secret Life of Pets was like musically a very big hit for them because it has wow. like big pop songs. Okay. Uh-huh. Um, and they both were just shaken around oh to it. Yes, um, <laughs> shaken <laughs> around. <laughs> I love it. Um, Home Alone is actually like n- not really grabbing Bryn. Like he enjoyed that scene because we kind yeah. of like put it in front of him. But yeah. the 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 show the movie as a whole is not like have enough like music or cartoons sure. for him to be drawn in. I guess totally, totally. he probably just knows the screenplay logistically is a huge mess. <laughs> <laughs> you know, he's saying I don't know, I don't think so. Yeah, <laughs> what's the tension? What's yeah, the I, yeah, I don't know. He's um. Lately, he's been pretty into the movie Inside Out, which is teaching him about feelings. Yeah, which that's I think good. It's good for him because he's like mimicking the emotions. Oh, yeah. oh yeah, we've seen that. Yeah, yeah. And he's like, he was like a couple weeks ago, he was like crying about something, and I was like, what's going on? He's like, I sad. Oh, and he, he knows. He, like, he had a name to put to it. Yeah, so yeah. that was good. Um, what else? He was really into cars for a while. That's I was going to say kind he of loved cars. Film. Oh my god. Yeah, I haven't uh, seen it. Well, I guess is this part of Matt's question? Like, is there stuff that you and Peter want to eventually introduce to Bryn? Like, yeah. Uh, I mean, we definitely like started a little bit, but some stuff is too old for him. Sure, like, course, Peter pushed like. Dumbo pretty hard which oh. I'm not a huge fan of it's a fine movie it's just one of those things like whatever movie you watched 8 million times as a child you kind of right. want to see how your child reacts to it so that yeah. was his thing he also yeah. likes The Wizard of Oz but that's like too old for a brand yeah. and I pushed Mary Poppins because that's like my childhood thing yeah growing up that was like we, explains why you're so dark yeah <laughs> <laughs> I am so dark um <laughs> We had, we, in my household, we owned two videos for most of my childhood, and it was The Wizard of Oz and Mary Poppins. And The Wizard of Oz was terrifying to me. So mm, right. we watched Mary Poppins over and over again. But, so okay. he is like pretty into that. Nice. Um, and that's where he, I don't know if you've seen his Instagrams where he tells jokes, but oh. that is from, a Mary Poppins scene where they sing I love to laugh and, and they tell jokes. <laughs> so, yeah. We oh love the awareness of how funny he knows he is. He knows yeah. he's funny. Yeah. He, he says regularly, I so funny. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, he's now aware of his power, I think. I clocked this early on because one of the first Bryn videos that... <laughs> I clocked this because Bryn video... P- Peter and I call them Brinstagrams. Brinstagrams. Peter posted, I think it was like the second ever Bryn video mm-hmm. of Bryn just, I think he must have not even been a year old. Maybe he was like a year and a half, two years old, sitting at his, on his high chair. And Peter, just from camera, off screen, is doing a little sound. And then Bryn mimics it. Yeah. And then Peter laughs. And then as a response, Bryn starts laughing. And it was one of the most... Yeah, one of the most heartwarming. We're all so blown away, I think, because we don't have any children to watch go through this. So we're like literally watching it and be like, "Oh my god, this is how it works!" Yeah, no, I think it's fun for us as like creative people to have kids that have like creative impulses and to yes. like over yeah. probably overly nurture them because um, our our parents were like not always like super into our <laughs> creativity. Uh, so it's yeah. like we're probably like. Like nurturing it too much, right. but it's fun to watch. We well, mean you oh, and Peter. No, I know. I think yeah. it's yeah. great. But you're know, creating beautiful monsters, but like, great. Yeah. Bryn is like a natural performer, and he loves attention. So, mm-hmm. like, anytime you are into him repeating something, he's like, okay, 
Here you go. Uh, <laughs> I said the most surprising, consistent, and prolific performer in this community <laughs> is Brim. Yeah. And he doesn't even know it. No, yeah. yeah. He has an awareness of the camera that I don't even have at this point <laughs> where I'm like, oh, I need to like blink less. Yeah. And he's just, there was, there was this weird moment a few months ago where I was filming him on, on the phone and he knew I was filming him. So he was kind of performing for the phone. Mm. And then at a certain point, it's like, I was like, you know, filling up my phone too much. So I, I turned off the record and he was like, he could tell that I wasn't recording and that I was just going through the motions. And he kind of like called me out on it. He was like, <laughs> he was like, oh no, God. like, <laughs> he like, it's just like so funny. Like he could sense, like he was like, this needs to be. <laughs> what a command. I mean, that's the other that's, side of that's the X factor. That's yeah. the other side of the coin to like that baby trying to flip over. Entrepreneur. Trying to zoom into a book, <laughs> yes. you know, yes. this is like the other side of that where it's like, this is, this is the good thing that technology is giving yeah. to the, yeah. the new generation. Well, I have to say, <laughs> if there's one that I want everyone to watch, and this to me is the iconic <laughs> one, it's Bryn gets on the phone and yes. has a conversation in gibberish, full <laughs> gibberish, nothing. <laughs> but the inflections are so that you will follow the conversation the every step of the way. Oh, my God. And it's... There's a perfect pauses, and he really is listening, and then he's just like, no, no, this is... But it's just like yeses and nos and affirmatives. It's it's mind-blowing. Oh, my God. And then Peter goes, are they saying bye? And he goes, bye-bye! And then he hangs it up. (laughs) Iconic, yeah. Guys, everyone watch it. Is is that on Peter's handle? I think that's a Peter. That's a Peter one, I think. Great. But this is a great channel strategy. Two separate accounts. Yes. Gotta follow both to synchronize everything. Because then one day, Bryn will one day have an Instagram. And then and you'll have amassed the followings of both you and Peter. It'll be an event. It's going to be a very popular teen. Very popular teen. (laughs) Speaking of content, I have this like genuine question now for you guys. (laughs) Now that we're like post election, is there, have you guys had these, any meetings so far to talk about? Any, st- I don't know, like tactical or like, oh, sounds so stupid, like strategy shifts like post election, just to like in terms of like the way you write things or the way you cover things yeah, or whatever. I, I mean, we've had like informal conversations about yeah. it. Like, there's mm-hmm. definitely like baseline, we're never going to waste our time covering like Trump's small hands or like, we're yeah. n- like that, just like any kind of like normalization, like you would a normal president. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. that's not, but. Yeah, we've agreed like the Trump presidency is a women's issue, so yep. like that yes. is fair game on Reductress. Yeah, totally. It's yeah, we've like I don't know. I guess we've had a, a lot of these conversations like in our own heads, but like, <laughs> that's that's kind of like a thing we had about Trump already was like we're not gonna do like the small hand stuff and we're not gonna like take the easy jokes because it's like why I guess like when yeah. everyone else is doing that like I don't know. I also have like. Ever since it, ever since he was like hitting like mass media coverage early in the election, and people were like, "Stop covering him! He's getting all his attention." But then everyone just kept covering him. Yeah. My feeling is sort of like, it's sort he's sort of like an abuser. Like we keep having these sex scan, like sex assault, sexual assault scandals in our community, mm-hmm. and I'm sort of like every time it happens, I'm like. It's not about that guy. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. about us all trying to protect ourselves mm-hmm. from these types of guys. Yeah. It's not this one guy. So, like, when I talk about it, I don't like to be like, so-and-so did this, blah, 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 I hate so-and-so. I want to talk about, like, why did these people behave this way and how are we mm-hmm. not looking out for women and blah, blah, blah. So when it comes to Trump, I still am just like, 
I don't want to do a lot of Trump coverage. I don't want to like, I mean, we do cover him for sure, yeah, but like when it's justified. Yeah. Like yeah. how can we talk about this and how can we talk about the forces at play without just being like Trump is a bad man? Well, what's so great about Reductress, I think just as someone that enjoys the comedy of it, is how specific it always is. So like, you don't want to do just like this. You expect like to hear something about, you know, Oh, tr- um, Trump and maybe Russia. That, it's just right. like it's something specific that pertains to and is in the voice of your magazine, and so like that has to be right. And my yeah. question might have been like a little simplistic then, just to be like, well, since the president, since the presidency is now a women's is like a very gendered thing now, has have things changed? But maybe that's like not even that, that might be a lazy well, assumption. I mean, like it's it, oh sorry, go ahead. It's a good question. Yeah. I do think like there there was definitely some questioning ourselves after the election of like. Are we being too smug? Mm-hmm. You know, and oh. I think everyone's asking themselves, like, have we been a little bit smug as liberals, like assuming we were going to win this thing and just being like, oh, they're dumb, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. And now we're sort of like, how do you like actually reach out to people? And like, I don't know. But I think it's what you were just saying is that there's power in sort of not pointing or mentioning the thing. I don't know. It's like, well, I would imagine that, that the way, because you guys get pitches from all the writers. So, it's like you guys look at all the pitches you get and is maybe this is a question, I guess. Is it more, wow, let's sit down and talk about what we want to do and then let's look at everything? Or you just kind of look at what you have and like look at the kind of thoughts that you guys are getting and then say this feels right or like for topical stuff. We do a lot of that chat in house mm-hmm. because it's a lot of like, OK, we know this broad thing is a problem, but like let's break it down to the like micro issues and a right. lot of it's just like throwing that micro issue out and seeing what people have on it and a lot of that stuff is done house i mean every once in a while we get like freaking home runs out of people from outside but right. mm-hmm. topical i th- i think like a group effort makes all the difference in terms of really being specific and not just being like trump sucks yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah absolutely yeah i also like one of my comedy philosophies is if like if you're doing a topical joke about the thing that everyone's talking about you kind of do want to hit the nail on the head of in terms of what the thing is like mm-hmm. you want to have an original take on that topic but you don't want to like skirt the issue at hand right yeah. so it's like obviously we're not as mainstream as like snl but we do want to like speak to people about like what's actually on their mind so we don't need like the most creative like philosophical side issue part of this joke i don't know right you know, right yeah. um there was a headline funny. in the wake of that whole sexual assault um, stuff at UCB where that one it would one just like really like blew me away. It was I made up my sexual assault for all the attention. Oh, I anonymously reported Anon- my rape for the anonymous yeah, attention. Yeah. Brilliant! Yeah. Like I just thought, <laughs> so good, unbelievable. Yeah. I mean, that, like, that I was like, that says that. it right there. I mean, like how you you read this and like, what are you gonna say? What like, yeah. That whole thing was such nonsense. Mm-hmm. I mean, but I mean, and and this goes back to topicality and hitting the the issue on the head. Um, is well, yeah, that whole page that that one day was just yeah one of. I mean, it was just the circumstances were horrible surrounding it, but just like a very satisfying thing to or not satisfying, but at least like 
I don't know. Comforting is not the right word either, but you know what I mean? Like, I saw that. I think it it was, I can say it was cathartic for us in the office. Whatever like attention it did or didn't get, like we felt better at the end of the day, just being like, this is how we feel. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes you just want someone to say what you're feeling. Yeah. Yeah. It's just like, yeah, because we were, oh, God, we felt so shitty in the office that week. Like, nobody was getting anything done. Like, yeah, if no. we weren't going to attack what the thing that was wearing us down, like, we would have just been shitty all week. So it was it was good to just approach that. It sucks that it's now an issue again. And now we realize, like, the way the news cycle goes, it's like, oh, we're going to be constantly, like, dealing with abortion stuff. We're constantly going to be dealing with rape culture. And, yeah. you know. It's, it's insane. Like, in addition to us just having elected... Uh, <laughs> basically someone who's committed sexual assault to like the highest office in our country mm-hmm. is like we like we haven't had i personally feel like i haven't had like a vacation or like a break this year that hasn't been heavily dominated by like rape allegations oh, like because yeah. it keeps coming up and i i mean i know that's like sort of like um like a very like privilege problem to have that i'm like oh my vacation is dominated by like discussing someone else's like sexual assault like obviously it's not as bad as like living it to be sure but it's just like it's constantly there you know like it's just our whole lives this year has been it's just been one after another it's so but it's like always been happening we're just now aware of it and it's just like every other freaking problem in the world like yeah we know so much now and now we have to do something about it like having to explain to my relatives who legitimately think that all of a sudden these black lives matter people are being out of control it's like no they're just now giving given the opportunity to speak out about this because they're able to record it on their mm-hmm. phones. Like yeah. the media is so, I mean, and just technology now is so sensitive. We can, we, we can yeah. get these yeah. things on camera for years. We haven't been able to get them on camera and, you and know, you've like, never believed. You know, what's yeah. amazing about that too is like, when did camera phones become like ubiquitous 2008? Mm-hmm. And I will tell you, ask any conservative, whatever, whatever in your family. And they're like, huh? kind of weird that ever since obama was elected <laughs> black lives matter was a thing it's and it's always, like oh, oh i wonder why yeah right it's shocking it's they really these trump people they really they really go to bat mm-hmm. and it doesn't matter what's logical anymore mm-hmm. it doesn't matter what's sensical and you know on the flip side it's like sometimes i think about myself you know what was I willing to do that for my candidate? And I think it is partially true. I, I mean, always like, ask that. I oh, always, sure, I'm like, sure, if Kanye sure. West ran on the Democratic ticket, would I vote for him over Mike yes. Pence, yeah. Marco Rubio? Yeah, I mean, I don't I know. Think I, I don't, would yeah, think about tough. it. I would think about really it real hard. But if he was running on the Democratic ticket, he wouldn't appoint a bunch of white supremacists to his cabinet. Right, uh, right. right. But in, yeah, <laughs> yeah, there's that. There's that. God. But yeah, I do constantly ask myself, like, um, are Democrats actually better in practice or just in theory? Mm. Because I do think like, I do think we're better on average. Yeah. yeah. But when you look at like media and so many things where like in terms of like representation where we're just like shutting people of color out of every, you know, high position and or like every TV show, you know, it's like, okay, we're not doing so great. Like <laughs> we're not doing so great, but look, this is what the making Oprah podcast is sort of about <laughs> is that she realized that intention was like the big thing, like for, for the Oprah show to transition from like, just like trashy, like tabloid TV to like almost spiritual things. Mm-hmm. She like Oprah had to shift her thinking in terms of what she wanted to, how she wanted to impact people. I feel like as long as liberals are, 
mean and I say this as a person of color and a gay and a gay man and all this stuff um as I feel like as long as liberals honestly mean well <laughs> hopefully the rest of like everything else falls into place that sounds like a very and you know idealized what? sometimes thing, but... I think there is the absolute um, not like self belief that you do mean well, but there is that that black hole or that kind of like what's it like a like a blind spot where it's like you know you took to your computer in the morning to speak about social issues. Meanwhile, like the person that voted for Trump, like has like a foot of snow at their um, door and they can't afford a shovel, so they were doing dealing with that and didn't have time to think about the social issue and don't know what the social issue is and because they don't know what it is they can't have an opinion on it and so they're just trying to like all they know is it's bad and i have to i have to vote so it's like i'm really trying to get to the i'm trying to think how can we get to the point mm-hmm. where we can all really even begin to be on the same page. Have a middle class. Have a strong middle class. I think people in media have to like be a little more comfortable. I think like not having such like a like intellectual hot take and just like being informative on a really basic level because I think that's the thing that conservatives and like Trump especially has done is like they have these slogans that are like make America great again. And Mm -hmm. to like the average person that has to like get their kids to school and pay their rent and whatever, they're like, okay, sounds good. Like I don't have time for a lot more than that. So if you could just make it digestible, right. You know, the democratic message was an anti message. It was in response to that. It wasn't like a statement of itself. There was no America is great. Yeah. And it's like, (laughs) what are you talking about? Yeah. For you, I just saw a picture of Hillary Clinton and Barack Obama clinking wine glasses in the sky. It's, like that's it tough press. It was bad press. you know what i mean like it i don't know it's it's something to think about and i really don't yeah. i don't want to feel scared saying it's something to think about yeah. because now you get online and it's like you can't say the right thing mm. but you know and it becomes scary which is i think what uh, like kind of what you were saying before it's like not only is there not a break from it in the news cycle, there's not a break from it in the Facebook feed. <laughs> like it's not this place where you just go to, to do stupid bits anymore. Like <laughs> what I loved about it mm-hmm. was like, you know, when we would do dumb Instagram bits. And now I miss it's that. like, I want it back, well, but I, I know how can you bear to do it? Yeah, no, <laughs> but, no, I, I know it's tough. I think what, like what you were saying, Bowen, about intention is I think like beyond intention, I think liberals have to be okay with things being actually a little bit of work. Sure. And I think like yeah. we want th- we want to be like, I am on the right side of this. I just signed a petition. Uh-huh. Boom. Done. And like it's like yeah, yeah, yeah. if you want to have more diverse representation in whatever field you work in, it's harder than that you have to actually reach out to people you don't know and like go out of your way to do that and the first diverse person you ask is going to be unavailable and you have to be like uh, i know diverse person is like a weird thing to say no, whatever yeah, uh, I, but I you know that. what i mean yeah. uh like you it's like it's actual work yeah. to yeah. fix no, no, things sure, and like sure. to undo the legacy of slavery sl- slavery is not like boom we fixed it like yeah. we have yeah. to like actually yeah. do something about that I have um, a question yeah. for you guys. Did you guys watch Westworld? Yeah. Yeah. So did you guys have a hard time with it in the beginning because of like the the kind of violence against women? Because it kind of got like a 
like a weird rap in the beginning because it was a very HBO-ish kind of show mm-hmm. where it yeah. was like treat women horribly. Yeah. I, yeah. I mean, I but I understand why I was there. I'm not like triggered by that stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, because like, of course, if there was like a robot world, men would fuck and rape robots. <laughs> right. like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it made sense to me. I don't know. I just yeah. I mean, that's in, just I'm like, oh, that's the world as I see it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> One point. That's the, that's the the thing I have trouble with is like certain um, people criticizing the show for violence against women or criticizing any show for like nudity or whatever. And you're, I'm just like. But rape does happen That's in the true. world. Yeah. So are we never allowed to depict it? And then what's the scenario we're in if we just never depict the reality we live in? And even when it's going to take a stance, even even the fact that that show is about the fact that like this is like where it's gotten to in this world where entertainment is rape and violence and all these things like if but people are like eh well it still did like use it for viewers and it's like so wait are we in this weird kind of like paradox where we can never talk about it and like yeah. how are how do you expect a visual medium to address this then? exactly no yeah. i think i yeah. mean like we have to accept because it's so much more insidious when we don't talk about it directly yes. and i feel this way about this kkk show on any too like Ooh, granted yeah. i haven't seen it so yeah, who knows yeah. it could who be knows what it's it could be. be extremely poorly executed but to actually like see that on screen i don't i a reasonable person right yeah. a person who could be on the fence of x and y mm-hmm. should not be like that's a good idea Mm-mm. yeah but when we just don't talk about it and we just have our like weird racist uncles who say like things under their breath yeah then i don't know i think that's much more dangerous it's so, it's so I, I don't know because those people it, vote yeah. and they don't talk about it but yeah. you know like kkk we can point at that and be like that's alive and well i don't <sighs> know yeah sean king like wrote about that uh, just the show and having seen the pilot he was like i think this is actually i think it's good that we're exposing these people but at the same time I mean, you have to you have to do you have to weigh the risks on that. well it's like <gasps> what's the intention here it's like we said right. before is it to entertain and to mm-hmm. sensationalize or is it to inform and expose yeah. that's the thing I'm worried that like because of the duck dynasty situation yeah. like right. oh yeah. this isn't going to be done well if it were an actual documentary yeah. that had a point yeah. supposedly people are involved are saying that it's done in the right tone but I think it, it, it is one of those things where it's like more of a big picture discussion than just that show because yeah. that show on its own is not necessarily bad but it's like hey a and e like are you representing people of color on any of your shows right because if you're gonna do a show about racists like maybe also have some other shows about yeah. uh, like right. other groups of people right. Lives matter group have you guys right. watched um the leah remini show no, no. excellent oh, oh so God. well done i'm no people of I'm, color on it but well you know <laughs> it's, it's but but you know it's um it's good like the first three episodes, and it's not good in that like a oh yes juicy. <laughs> it's good in like these people are really sharing these tough stories, and it I would I would say impossible to watch it and not say yeah this can't this has to go. Yeah. I think that something's gonna happen. Good. Like the way that the show is moving along, it's just making such a clear case every episode, really from every standpoint on why this cannot stand. Yeah, yeah. Like, and the next episode, I'm so excited because the next episode is going to be all about this David Miscavige character who's like the Pope of Scientology. Mm-hmm. And this is going to like expose him and really go after him. And I think this guy is nutcase. He's yeah. a really yeah. evil person yeah. that's living in this world. Mm-hmm. And I, I really. I recommend watching the show just to get informed about it. I, I, I actually have a family friend that lost someone to Scientology, yeah. and I can tell you this isn't this thing that, like, 
and I feel bad even making jokes about it sometimes, like, but because I know for a fact this isn't this thing that exists out there um, that, like, happens to people in California or Tampa. It happens to people everywhere. Mm-hmm. Like, this is a real cult, yeah. and it takes people away from their families, and I hope something goes down with it. Because... Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, but meanwhile, Matt has been balancing that with Mariah's world. And then you have Mariah's <laughs> World, which is exposing oh in its own way. Have, have you guys watched Mariah's World? Because I've only watched no. clips. If you <laughs> have to put one thing at the top of the list, it's Mariah's, Mariah's World. world. If, that's a light. That's a light in the world. If only because of all the side characters. Like, talk about Yes Men. Yep. Like, the show is executive produced by Mariah, who is horizontal the whole show. Every she's confessional, she's down. sprawled on a settee. Just like, Always. I can't believe blah, 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 blah. Lit. Like, yeah. Face beat to the gods. Like, she's just so, it's so skewed. And the show is about how everyone around her is stressful and a problem except her. (laughs) She's the one who keeps it all together. That's so beautiful. Did you ever see it was like a MTV Cribs that they went to Mariah's house? And she, like, she put on like a teddy and like high heels mm-hmm. and then went to her workout room and she was like, I don't know how to use any of these machines. Oh, yeah, yes, no, yes, I have yes. like, She gets on like a workout machine in her high heels and she's just like, how do you do this? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, it's so funny. I love her. She's insane. Oh, I mean, she her. was my first concert. She, oh. she was like part of my childhood. I like I was a Mariah Stan. Like I knew all the words to all the songs. Like she was my life. So now to see like what she is, which is like a true Frankenstein. You know what's really funny? I mean, she I truly mean, she is. is. The funny thing is, like when you were a kid, my mother was being like, "I remember Mariah when she was sweet." Like yeah. the early nineties Mariah. Like oh she has God. just like devolved yeah. every decade. Uh, my my first CD yeah. was Mariah Carey, and my cool aunt. Got what was it? Which nice. which album was it? it Dream, uh, what's it called? Dream? Uh, fantasy. fantasy. Yeah, that was the one with the like uh, daydream. Daydream. Yeah, yeah. yeah. that See, was with like always be my baby and yes. all that. Yeah. That yeah. was that was her like kind of like she started to get more like upbeat little, and like a little bit of R and B was coming in. Yeah, uh, we had a music box in the house and that had Hero on it mm. and um that was like her a huge huge song uh, when she was mm-hmm. like a, a torch song goddess and then. The album that like changed my life at seven years old. Rainbow, no, Butterfly, Butterfly, which was her first album outside of being married to her manager, who was like a true monster. Sure, I mean Mariah's seen some shit. Yeah, she's Mm -hmm. no one can deny this. Okay, she's Um, one of them. Like she's like a Britney Spears, Michael Jackson level like fucked up. I'm nervous for her. The show is nuts. Show is nuts. I hope. (laughs) I hope and I pray that she, you know. She'll she'll make it. I Apparently, like, she has like a sense of humor, which is a good sign, right? Yeah, that's, that's good. That's like the kind of person like from your high school or whatever. Like you go over their house, and the whole time you're just like wide eyed, like bugged out, like yeah. what yeah. is happening yep. here? Like, uh. like they just have like the crazy mom. Yep. That's like, right. oh, that's that's. <laughs> There's crazy. a dog behind a door that's screaming. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh god, yeah. The carpet is shaking. Yeah. Real. What do you guys want to eat? Yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> Wow. Want some hot dogs? Oh, <laughs> and then yes. she goes to open the fridge and it's empty. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is like made of red flags. Oh, uh, okay, so this is um, what all of our listeners have been waiting for. <laughs> this is the cornerstone of the episode. This will take us to fame someday. It's oh, I don't, don't think, think so, so honey. honey. 
we take one minute to rail against something in culture, and that is even just not that is even too specific. Something, Talk about anything you want that's pissing you off. Yeah. Anything, anyone, whatever. all the ticks and tacks. You just have to say, "I don't think so, honey." Mm. Guys, as just just a little can. thing. Um, Matt has already coined so many indelible little phrases on this podcast. His newest one he's trying out is ticks and tacks. All the ticks so just and tacks. Be on the lookout for that. So just you know, maybe try using it in. And a sentence today. Yeah. Hmm. All the tips and tacks. Uh, <laughs> Great. Um, Matt, do you have something? I don't have anything prepared. I have a little something. Okay, girl. Um, okay. Can you put me on the clock? I'll put you on the clock. So Matt and I will do it first, and then we'll, we'll hand it. We'll okay. Cool. Now, cool. potentially in mine, there will be a little bit of a spoiler, but I'm going to try to keep it as clean as possible. But this is a culture podcast, and so I'd be remiss to not say my feelings about this particular thing. Here we go. Um, Matt Rogers, I don't think so, honey. Time starts now. I don't think so, honey. Star Wars Rogue One and your animation on characters from the old movies. I don't think so, honey. Grand Moff Tarkin is in this movie looking like Super Mario. I don't think so, honey. Cast another actor. We know him well. Peter Cushing was his name. He played the character. I don't think so, honey. He comes in looking like someone from Halo video game. I don't think so, honey. I want to see human faces. You want to reboot this franchise? You want to give me strong female leads? I'm all about it. But also, give me humanity. Give me something I can latch on to. Don't give me... Um, a human actor talking to a, 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 a screen. And also at the end, spoiler alert, Princess Leia is in it looking like her face was about to slide off. She's in it and also they used Carrie Fisher's old dialogue and I don't think so, honey. I want to hear Carrie Fisher right now. Attack this reality head on. She's a horsewoman. She's seen it. Her voice is... She's, she's been through it. She's been to hell and back and I want to see the real Carrie Fisher on screen. There's not enough Carrie Fisher in film. That's one minute. Oh my God. And by horsewoman, you mean, you mean H-O-A-R-S-E. I mean, yes. Her voice now is just beautiful. She- but oh my god! So but it's, it's seen yeah. the years, mm. yes. and also the revelation that she and Harrison Ford were fucking all those years. Dynamite! Wild. Love it! Crazy! You, did you hear about this? Oh, yeah. no. I did hear about it. Oh, you did hear about it. Wait, so okay. she's come out and confessed that during the whole I mean... Star Wars, not only was she totally zoned out on coke, but she was also oh. fucking Harrison Ford yeah. the no. whole time. It just I makes mean, a lot of you sense. gotta kill you time. Gotta. <laughs> those movies are long. They're so yeah. long, and apparently they were just on so such. Hard drugs filming those scenes like in Hoth. It was, the 80s. It was just like God. Oh, Apparently, man. they would just do lines of coke and then go on the screen and like act and say this like insane dialogue. That's <laughs> well, so proud. So proud. So Inspired. proud. Cautionary anyway, I liked yeah. the movie Rogue One. I just didn't agree with the way that they chose to recreate the old action of the movie. It's video game nonsense. You, you just spoiled that for me. Just yeah, uh, Princess so Leia is at the know. end of the movie. If you were oh, curious about right. what happens um, with the plans <laughs> for the Death Star. <laughs> a lot of Star Wars fans listen to this podcast. I think so. You're all out there. I think you'd be surprised. I think Star Wars is like pretty gay. Yeah. Yeah. It's, okay. it's, it's a queer narrative for sure. I think so. Yeah. Luke. Luke. Uh, gay. Chosen. The Dagobah fa- system. Chosen family. Queer. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, <laughs> oh, I don't have anything. Well, we well, can here go, we go to one here of our guests. guests. Here we go. No, I, I, uh, you know what? I got something. Maybe it would be nice to ask one of our guests if they want to go. Did you guys want to go first? No, or, hit it. Okay, great. You got something. Go for <laughs> you it. You go. Thank you. Ready? Phone Yang, I don't think so, honey. Starts. Wait, 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 wait. Oh, my God. Wait, hold on. No. No, we don't have a lot of time. Okay, all right. Fine, 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 fine. Um, You know what? Go. 
Ponyang, I don't think so, honey, starts now. I don't think so, honey, so, uh, incompetent baristas. I know this is a well-trod <laughs> subject. I know, like, every barista is, like, a bumbling fool. But I met one today that really just, just really got to me and got under my skin. I asked, I went, this is the Starbucks on uh, Spring Street and I want to say 6th Avenue, right across from Trump Soho. I don't wow, think it's a coincidence. Names. So um, uh, they, the, the, their carafes of milk and dairy were out. So I just needed Stop any type up. of dairy. I, I don't think so, honey. This barista, I went up to this gentleman. I asked him for some half and half if he had some from behind the counter. He said, sure, but wait one minute. And he was, meanwhile, just trying to fucking chum up to some rich asshole who was just like hanging at the counter, hovering. I, I don't think so, honey. This barista, he took a, a solid 10 minutes to get me any type of dairy, mama. And I just wanted to, to make my Americano less harsh so it didn't run right through me. I don't think so, honey, baristas. I don't think so, honey, Starbucks baristas. Who are not well trained in that's one minute. That's one minute, oh. Bowen Yang. I don't think so, honey. I just want to say I've had a lot of really positive experiences well, with Starbucks baristas you recently. Always undercut me. Always. Um, okay, I've had a really good time with them all this Christmas season. I'm in, per- in particular enjoying the um, peppermint mocha frappuccino. That's well, good for you. Because wow. I'm bravely still drinking frappuccinos, which wow. famously are cold. <laughs> that's um, brave. <laughs> throughout this. <laughs> Winter weather. <laughs> okay. Great. I'm proud. Sarah, you're up. Wow. I'm going to process this in real time for what we just experienced we while walking do outside. Because we truly don't choose uh, one until the very last Fair second. enough. Sarah Papalotto, I don't think so, honey, starts now. Hmm, I don't think so, honey. Uh, the old man yelling at his wife around the street uh, right outside on Broadway. Uh, it's like, excuse me. He's like, I don't, I can never do enough for you. And I'm like, oh, I know the backstory to this, honey. I know what you did. And I know this wife is just like, he has no fucking idea what he does. But she's going to say it. And he's just going to be like, what do I do? It's Christmas. I'm so sad. What do I do? Uh, I don't think so, honey. Maybe just like listen to what she's saying and then maybe try to fix it i don't know or maybe just like don't yell on the street because let me tell you we were walking down the street and we walked an extra block we walked an extra block we were 10 minutes late here because of this guy making a scene on the street and i'm like oh i get it it's all about you honey oh Oh my god you've got 13 seconds left i don't think so honey Uh, listen to your wife you're probably getting a divorce oh Wow. wow. A swift one at 55 seconds. But, and you know concise. what? It was you know, concise and it got the point across. I was just feeling it in real time. We no, know Sarah. exactly yeah. the way you felt. Yeah. And also, now we have an explanation as to the lateness. No, but it was all, all <laughs> worth it. Look, Beth, can you corroborate this? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, totally. I, oh it was me right it me who spaced out. I was like, it was like a laser beam for wow. me. I couldn't look away. Uh, yeah. Oh, my God. I, but that is honestly like a... Like, you honestly have, we have to figure out as, um, you know, a society how to respond to those things. I, I remember a friend of the show, a previous guest, Dresden, Anna Dresden, yeah. has, has told me multiple times. Unfamiliar. Unfamiliar. Friend of the show, friend of the friend. Former guest. She's like talked about like just witnessing these horrible interactions between men and their like significant others. And what females. do you do? Like, and yeah. what do you do? Do you like, re- I don't know. It's in- you know what? That's this weird. is right for. Conversation. Okay. <laughs> Beth. Next episode, the sequel. All right, Beth. Here we go. Are you ready? Do you have yeah. something picked out? All right, good. Great. Here we go. Go. I don't think so, honey. People who think reverse sexism is a thing. Yeah. Okay. Uh, 
But take a look at power dynamics. Take a look at history. Oh. Take a look at right now and what's going on in this country. Women do not have more power than you, so just no. sit down and relax, okay? <laughs> us calling you out on your bullshit and your power and what you're doing to us is not the same as you walking all over us okay i don't think so honey uh i know your little feelings are hurt because you've never experienced actual oppression but i don't think so honey little white men that is not oppression okay i'm sorry you had to read a thing that made you reconcile what you are doing to people around you i don't think so honey it's not happening you are hurting people you are the one that is hurting us Okay, I don't think so, honey. Reverse sexism is not a thing. And that's Ooh, one we got it. Wow. And you know what? We covered all different. We got them wow. from every angle. Yes. I think we got we all the culture. Social, political. Yeah. We went cinematic. Yes. Mm. We got on the ground in New York City. Look, mm. and um, let's just pour one out for the men out there who are quick to defend uh, accused sexual assault. Yeah. Honestly, wow. lighters up for mm-hmm. the uh, straight white men who get more upset when the Yankees lose than when a racist brings their whole crew to Washington. I see you <laughs> screaming at the televisions. I grew up with you all around me and I I have Men's. my lighter up for you yes, God. and Jimmy Buffett is playing. <laughs> Guys, oh, nice. what an episode. I mean, <laughs> you guys, get, first of all, you must pick up the book, How to Win at Feminism. You must listen. It's so funny. Yes. It's so great. You yes. must listen to the podcast, Mouth Time. Mouth Time with um, uh, the incredible, smart, brilliant Nicole Silverberg and the garbage Rachel Winovsky. <laughs> <laughs> Truly a garbage True bag. That. Friend of the show. Wait. Friend of the show. <laughs> Future guest. Eh, maybe. We'll see how we yeah. feel. If you're, if you're in L.A., come see us at the Comedy Store on January Ooh, yeah. 16th and on the 17th in San Francisco at Sketchfest. Ooh, yes. prestigious San Francisco mm-hmm. Sketchfest. Incredible. And also, check out Ha Ha Wow, right? Wait. Yeah, Ha Ha Wow at UCB Theater. Yeah, yeah January 12th, I believe. Look, mm-hmm. what, a st- what a great January. Incredible. Yeah, a a stacked January. Yeah. For a terrible January event, uh, just as it surrounds a terrible January event. But What will happen? No. We'll find out. And okay. we'll talk about it. Okay, um, girl, this has been Bo and Yang. And this is Matt Rogers, and this is the Lost Culture Racist Podcast. Thank you so much forever, dog. I look you in the eye as I say that, baby. All right. Bye. bye. Forever Dog. This has been a Forever Dog production. Executive produced by Joe Cilio, Alex Ramsey, and Brett Boehm. For more podcasts, please visit foreverdogproductions.com. There's a new sparkling water beverage from the makers of Bubbly, Bubbly Burst. It's bursting with fruit flavor, no added sugar, and all smiles. Bubbly comes in a variety of six fun flavors that taste incredible. And with no added sugar and low calories, there's a lot to smile about. I don't know about you, Matt, but it's my perfect beverage for catching up on my favorite shows with. Yes, Lil Bowen. Bubbly Burst has antioxidant and immune support, keeping me feeling great all day long. You deserve that. Try new Bubbly Burst. With the new Dexcom G7, you can achieve better diabetes results without painful finger sticks. It sends your glucose numbers to your compatible phone or watch, so you can always see where you are and where you're heading. See how food and exercise affects your glucose, making it easier to spend more time in range and lower your A1C. Take control of your diabetes with the number one recommended CGM brand. It's easy to get started today at Dexcom.com. That's Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. If your glucose alerts and readings from the G7 do not match symptoms or expectations, use 
of blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom.com compatibility. Happy Pride from Tomboy X. Celebrating pride and the queer community all year. Queer founded, queer run, and the makers of the original boxer briefs for women. Creating sustainable size and gender inclusive underwear, swimwear, and loungewear for all bodies so you feel comfortable in your own skin. Tomboy X just dropped their Pride 24 collection. Obsessively fit tested for all day comfort in sizes 3 extra small through 6X. Visit TomboyX.com. Canva presentations might be the most visually impressive presentations you'll ever use. Start with a stunning template, use it as a springboard for your design, add images, graphics, charts, and data visualizations from the massive media library. It's easy to wow any audience with Canva presentations. Canva presentations are perfect for any deck you want to design for work. Sales decks, marketing presentations, onboarding plans, you name it. Any department can nail their presentation with Canva presentations. Perfect, record, and share a talking presentation for people to watch on their own time. You'll appear in a video as a talking head on the slide, and it's the perfect solution if you can't be present in person or if time zones are tricky. Nail your next work presentation with Canva presentations at canva.com, designed for work.